Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of In the End, There's Always a Disney Guy. But before we get into today's episode, make sure you go check out DisneyGuy.tk. Um, and yeah, let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about, um, what if, obviously. Um, we're going to be reviewing episode four. But if you have not watched what if episode four, please do. Okay, I'm begging you, please do. There is no bargaining with death with this episode. Doctor Strange, with his limitless magical potential, has potential has always felt like one of MCU's most dangerous wild cards. Oh my gosh, that is so true. Now that Doctor Strange is like the Sorcerer Supreme, you just never know with him. He could, you know, want he could be he could be a hero in one reality and then also a villain, which would be very devastating on Earth because he is like ridiculously powerful. Um, and what if's fourth episode makes it clear why? As the guardian of our reality, Strange's cosmic perspective and access to the Time Stone has mostly been a blessing up to this point. The upcoming events of Spider-Man No Way Home, notwithstanding but here the consequences of Strange obsessing over his great power with no thought to the great responsibility that follows it are, are dire. The Sorcerer Supreme's decent inter-grief-stricken inter grief, st grief madness is an effective cautionary tale about what loss can do to a person and further furthers the, the argument that these more mature stories are what-ifs, bread, and butter. And that ending. Now, this is very obvious because if you watch WandaVision, that was definitely a grief series. Episode 4 takes the foundation of Strain's mystical journey, the car accident that took his hands and twisted his fate by putting Dr. Christine Palmer in the passenger seat. Strange losing the use of his hands was already an understandable motivator for his journey to Carmitage in his solo film, but Christine's death put him in an even more desperate state of mind by the time he gets there. He's still able to defeat Dormammu and become the Sorcerer Supreme. But the time stone around his neck hangs heavier and heavier as Strange's powers, powers grows. While Strange is able to time travel back to the night of the accident, nothing he does, say, nothing he does saves Christine from dying. It's a Nexus event, meaning like a Nexus event, if you watch Loki, it's in a specific event that is that is already planned to happen. And usually the nexus is is the thing that's stopping it from happening, which causes it to branch out an alternate reality. While our understanding of a nexus event's importance to the MCU's plot going forward is still growing, the concept is used wonderfully in this episode to represent the effects of tragedy, of loss so painful we'd, we'd unmake the world to reverse it. Strange's century-spanning marathon of summering monsters to absorb their power is a great illustration of this, evoking his intense focus on bargaining with Dormammu at any personal cost which each creature or evil guardian gnome absorbed. Strange literally, become more of, Strange literally becomes more of a monster. There's an element of gothic horror to the whole episode with Strange positioning as both Dr. Jekyll and Frankenstein. As he learns the cost of meddlesome herb herbies, what if is a great vehicle for these morality plays when it can avoid dipping too much into the fan service well for easy thrills. Cumberbatch turns into a good vocal performance, especially when Strange's inability to save Christine is turning the screws in his mind. Um, but she does get time to bring some intensity to her performance in her final scene. 
The episode does occasionally strain itself explaining the temporal shenanigans and overcoming the story by revealing the ancient one, who used the power of the dark dimension to create two versions of Doctor Strange in the same reality. Strange being half a man, living half a life, is distracting and un- unnecessary development that feels engineered just to give us Strange vs. Strange magic fight scene at the end. The MCU is getting a little too obsessed with these mirror grudge matches, and all the glowy ropes and portals in the multiverse fail to make the whole you're literally your own worst enemy bit feel fresh. In fact, most of the episode's strongest visual moments are the more emotionally evocative ones, like the shadows of Strange, Strange's new horde of inner demons giving away to his new um, gaunt appearance. Appearance, despite the ancients' one distracting involvement, the story sticks its landing taking one of the darkest turns MCU history going going into the final moments. So, what what um MCU villain do you guys want to see? Do you guys want to see Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Black Panther, Ant-Man, Spider-Man? I want to see evil Captain America or Iron Man. We already know what evil Hulk looks like. Um, we already know what evil Hawkeye looks like, and and if you guys don't remember, if when Loki used the the scepter on um on Hawkeye and um I forgot the other one Hulk, um what well, not Hulk I think it was so I forgot who it was uh it was Hawkeye and someone else, and he took control of his mind and he was evil as ever trying to take out N- T- Natasha in the first Avengers movie. So we already know what evil Hawkeye is, but mine's have to be Captain America or Iron Man. Um, the totality of Evil Strange's failure comes crashing down on him when the Watcher finally reveals himself, which we get a tease of early earlier on when Strange hears him through whatever cosmic noise canceling. The Watcher uses to narrate to the viewer. He's been promising he won't interfere, and even with reality collapsing around Evil Strange, he holds true to his word, seeing what if what if come come into creating a pocket universe for a single episode and then letting the hero's choices be so devastating that they destroy the that universe was incredibly gratifying and it also gave us some important insight into the watcher this is the first time we've seen him actively ignore a character in need instead ch- instead of ch- chiding uh, strange for his failings it's an interesting development for such a dis- dis- dispassionate character one who extols the importance of choice will while being a, by being defined by his own apathy. Um. So, verdict: Doctor Strange's tragic fall from grace proves to be what if's most haunting episode yet. When focused on the emotional toll that Christina's deaths take on Strange, how grief can make good people do bad things. The story rarely falters. Episode four may sometimes miscalculate in its use of established MCU tropes and characters, but there's a lot to be said for sticking the landing in the climax of this episode. Absolutely nails it. Let's hope Marvel's not in too much of a rush to ruin a good thing by undoing it for the sake of a big fight scene down the road. But yeah... Grief will do that to you guys. I'm I'm pretty sure we know this by now. When we if you watch WandaVision, I'm pretty sure we all know how powerful grief is. Um but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this review of episode four of What If. 
Um, make sure you subscribe and follow this podcast on the Google, Spotify, and I mean, why do I keep saying Google, Spotify, on Google Podcasts and Spotify? Thank you for listening in and make sure you follow. You already know, stay updated so you can get updated when the next episode comes out. Be prepared when we review episode five. You already know what's happening. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Um, yeah, and thank you for listening in and bye-bye, y'all.